Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, where we take rock-solid frozen cold chats, put them in the microwave of humour for five seconds, and get a perfect scoop of conversation. That was good, man. I'm just thinking, I think you've done a microwave one before, but then maybe not. Maybe I don't think I have. Benito and uses the microwave sound effect for the episode. I've not done the microwave goes, one. I've definitely boom, not done... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bing. All right, mate. Don't show if you listen to another one. Um, free now. Uh, I've free? not... I've not... I've not used... I don't think I've used the microwave before. Certainly not within the rock-solid, yeah. hard conversation. Because what I'm saying is, is sometimes conversations can be hard, but we use our microwaves of humour yeah. uh, and yeah. we soften our guest uh, and then get a big old scoop of conversation out of them. And I think that's actually one of the best ones I've ever done. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I was just trying to think, like, what you... I don't know if I'd put something in the microwave and then afterwards it would be scoopable. Like well, a, a you only, scoop- no, 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 no. Then you only put it in for five seconds, right? Ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I like a soft ice cream more than a rock hard one. Do you? Yeah. But you wouldn't put it in the microwave? Yeah, I would put it in the microwave, yeah, I would. All right. But you just said you wouldn't. I would. I relate to it 100%. Right, okay. Thank you. James Acaster here. Ed Gamble here. The Off Menu Boys. We're welcoming you to the Dream Restaurant, along with a special guest. And we're going to ask them their favourite ever start, a main course dessert, side dish and drink. Not in that order. And this week, our special guest is... Mira Sayal. Mira Sayal, a wonderful writer, wow. comedian, performer, broadcaster. Ooh, national you, treasure. National treasure. We've, we've had a lot of national treasures on recently. We've had quite a few national treasures. We, we better buy ourselves a national treasure chest. You know what yeah. I mean? Keep all these national treasures in it. Put them all in there, but give them plenty of room to stretch their legs because they deserve it. They deserve a first-class chest experience. Yeah, absolutely. A <laughs> first-class chest experience. Yes. Mira Sayal was amazing. She's a hero of ours. I've been very excited to have her on the podcast. Yes. But if Mira chooses a secret ingredient, ingredient that well, normally, traditionally, it's an ingredient that we don't like, uh, then we will kick her out of the dream restaurant. Uh, this week, it's a little little tip of the 
tip of the cap to uh, one of our favourite goodness gracious me sketches. So this week, the secret ingredient is an English. English. If she picks an English, she'll be removed from the restaurant. Yes. No going out for an English, please, Mira. Otherwise, we'll have to kick you out. Um, But, you know, the silver lining is we would get to discuss that sketch, which would be fun, wouldn't it? As two I, students of comedy. When I was actually a student, we didn't do this, but I always wanted to pretend that I didn't know the point of going for an English mm. and perform a sketch where we took going for an English and flipped it round. <laughs> no one would let me do it, which is very sad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds good. I mean, who, who was in your sketch group again? Nish. Nish, yeah. <laughs> Nish, Tom Neenan. Yeah, Nish, Tom Neenan, Pete Riley, Annie Yaddy, yeah. Katie Barker. The Durham Review. The Durham Review. Classic stuff. From some yeah. classic guys. I yeah, you know, I never got to see the Durham review when you guys were all in it. Um, heard a lot of the sketches described by you lot, mm-hmm. and definitely sounds like um, I would find it hilarious, <laughs> providing I knew you at the time. <laughs> that was very much the vibe. We do we do runs in Edinburgh, and the shows that went down the best are the ones where all the people from Durham came. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're like, oh, great, these guys yeah. have deliberately made I this know sketch these guys. rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Nish playing a, like a film noir detective. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. With a, a bad name, I'd imagine. All of your names. I, re- I remember hearing about Nish playing a Scottish person in an Edinburgh sketch and calling himself, was it Haggis McNish? Haggis McNish. That wasn't in the Durham Review. That was when we did a stand-up show uh, and Nish would do his set and then I'd say... Um, we want to make the stand-up show a little bit different, so we're going to send Nish out into Edinburgh, uh, and he's going to buy a disguise, and he's going to try and come back in here in disguise. And he'd go out, and then he'd come back in ten minutes later with a like a, a ginger wig on, one of those tourist hats, and pretend to be uh, a man called Haggis McNish, and I, I'd pretend that I'd fallen for it. Imagine going to see that. <laughs> it was brilliant. He does similar stuff now. I've heard. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't stray far yeah. from that. Uh, we should probably start the episode yes please yeah. I'm very much looking forward to having uh, Mira in, in the dream restaurant uh, so hopefully she doesn't pick an English yes hopefully not but also I hope that we get to chat to her about Code 404 new series of that is out on Sky Comedy so I'm very excited hopefully we can dig into that and talk about it she's fantastic in it she she plays a, a right rotter she does play a right rotter uh, so we but hopefully she's not a right rotter in real life Fingers crossed. This is the off-menu menu of Mirasile. Welcome, Mira, to the Dream Restaurant. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's very posh. <laughs> Welcome, Mira Sayal, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Here we go. Less posh now, unfortunately, after the arrival of the Kettering Genie. Spoiling the atmosphere. Thanks for dressing up. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Yes, a pleasure. Um, can you tell, explain to the listeners what yes. I'm wearing? Because um, everyone sees the genie differently. People imagine the genie in different clothes. To you, what does your genie look like at this particular meal? James is a genie uh, in this. We should have explained that. It's quite a high concept at the beginning, but don't worry, it won't come up again. It is, isn't it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I would like you to be dressed in a very smart narrow jacket. Yes. And billowy trousers, but not the curly shoes, because I think that's going a bit far bit cliched no problem i now understand that you said billowy trousers there initially i thought you said billowy trousers and i thought <laughs> what other type of trousers are there 
There are uppy trousers. Yeah, there are uppy trousers. Also known as a wedgie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> pick. Whenever I wear a, a new collar, uh, Nish Kumar uh, tells me that I'm ripping him off, though. Oh. So if you put me in that, I, I, I've got one top that has that kind of collar, and uh, every time I wear it, Nish gets angry and says I'm stealing his thing, and it's his thing. Oh, so if you do put me in that top, I'm going to be in trouble with him. You are. You're going to. You're going to be accused of cultural reappropriation. Maybe. Yes. You can't win, really. Then it's a Iron Maiden T-shirt. Then. I <laughs> Stick to your culture, mate. That's what I say. Is what? that? I mean, that was amazing in the moment. Was an Iron Maiden T-shirt the whitest thing you could think of? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think you nailed it. <laughs> I think you absolutely got it. Abound. <laughs> <laughs> I love Iron Maiden, just for the record. <laughs> Ed does love Iron Maiden. I do love Iron Maiden. Do you love, do you love yeah. a bit of heavy metal? I do. I just recently watched the story of Anvil. Wow. It's great, oh, yeah. isn't it? And you keep thinking, is it a spoof? But it's not. Mm. No, they're very real people. And for a while, they real. that band got uh, quite good slots on festivals uh, yeah. because, of, because of that film. And now I assume they're just back to where they started in the film again. But, oh, um, but the commitment, it's heartbreaking yeah. and also magnificent. I mean, it's yes, just a great, absolutely. great documentary. That's how James feels as a genie sometimes, isn't it, James? Yeah, I'm committed to it. I try really hard and still some people fail to recognise me as a genie. <laughs> Sad life. <laughs> do you hang out in a lamp? Yeah, yeah, I do hang out in a lamp. Um, you do? All my, yeah, I burst out the lamp at the beginning of the podcast. You probably weren't looking, but like I was in a lamp. And then I burst out of it. And then you burst out. Yeah, yeah. So you missed that. that But, like, I was inside a lamp originally. And then he had to go back in the lamp very quickly and change his Nehru collar for an Iron Maiden T-shirt. Yes. (laughs) Very quickly. Suits you, sir. (laughs) Thank you very much. Mira, would you consider yourself a foodie at all? Totally. Gosh, yeah. I love food. Love it. (laughs) Uh, Love it too much. Just mainly have overeaten through most of my life just because, you know, there's so much to sample and taste. But I'm not, um, I can't say I'm an expert on fine dining, actually. I haven't been to a lot of the, you know, the tick list restaurants you're meant to go to. But I do love sampling other people's home cooking. I do love Mm. that. Who are some of the best cooks you know, your friends who are like the top? (sighs) The top ones who, if you get an invite around their house, you're like, oh man. Oh, well, it has to be writer Tanika Gupta, Uh who's one of my dear friends and lives up the road. Luckily for me, she can use (laughs) me doggy bags. But um, honestly, everything she cooks, whether it's, um, you know, a curry from scratch or an amazing cake, she does it. It's that effortless way that I really, she sort of ambles around the kitchen talking to you and cracking jokes. And all of a sudden, there's this amazing meal that she seems to have rustled up from half an onion and a bag of lentils and you go I don't know how you did that the effortless thing is always amazing to me because yeah. when I when I cook something if I'm really going for it you know there's going to be absolute anger and hatred poured into that meal <laughs> every single last mouthful of that is going to be fueled by my just rage that's that's how I cook how are you Mary when you cook are you are you an angry cook are you a chilled cook somewhere in the middle I think I'm quite a chilled cook because I cook a lot um, I cook pretty much every night. We probably have a, a takeaway a week. And because my mum lives with us, I often end up cooking Indian food because that's what she likes best. And now I've got it down to a fine art. But I find cooking meditative, actually, and particularly that's baking. Cool. I don't know. When I want to learn my lines, I bake a cake. Really? Because I find that if I've got the lines sitting there, but I'm actually doing something else with another part of my brain, it goes in better. And I can't tell you why, but it seems to. It's a good tip. That's great. I find it impossible. I mean, 
Ed and I have auditions, right, Ed? Mm-hmm. We don't get the parts. No. But we do a lot of auditions, so we're familiar with trying to learn lines. It's good to practice, though, Mary, you know. It's just it's good to practice. practice. Keep practicing for, you know, let's say 15 years. And then one, <laughs> one day the right audition will come along and I'll mess that up. I can't believe you have to audition. That's shocking. I should just be asking you. Well, we're very bad actors. So <laughs> that's the main reason. Is um, that why? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very poor actors. Very, very poor bad. actors. Auditioning is yeah. just a pain at the moment, though, because it's all on Zoom. And, mm-hmm. you know, so much is about have you got the right equipment and are you lit nicely? Generally, that's a no on both counts because you're frazzled and you've got loads of lines to learn. And then. Yeah. sometimes your teenage son or your mother reading in the other lines. And um, the worst thing is actually what you can't do in a Zoom audition, and I know we've had to do that because of the times we live in, is that you can only do one take on the part you're going up for. Mm-hmm. What you can't show the other people looking at you is that I could actually do this take five different ways had I been in the room with a director. Yeah. But I've got to make a decision now about the role. And if it's the wrong one, if it's not how you saw it, then it's gone already. And that's a bit frustrating, I think. Yeah. You've baked a whole cake for that. And I've baked a whole bloody cake. (laughs) I do get the cake at the end, though, which is some consolation. Every time Mira Sayal auditions, she's always got crumbs around her mouth. Have you noticed that? Her face is covered in crumbs and and, uh, and, like buttercream. Have you noticed that? It's just a choice she makes for the role, I guess. I'm not sure. One day the perfect part of a baker is going to come along, Mira, and you're going to smash that audition. I'm so yeah. waiting. I'm so waiting to be asked to go on, you know, celebrity bake-off thingy, whatever it is, just because I actually like baking. Oh, steer clear. Is it too much hassle? It's a waking nightmare. Steer clear of it. It's a, it's a, <laughs> they, they stitch you up. <laughs> what I would say, Mira, is is James's uh, experience on, uh, on Celeb Bake Off is not yeah. the experience I'd say anyone else has ever had on it. You fronted it out, James, which is all you can do. Try to front it out. I was spiralling. They don't help you. They just watch you drown in in your own cake batter. Oh, yeah, they loved it. (laughs) Had you ever baked before that that traumatic experience? Good question. Not really. Not really. Really? It didn't show, mate. Helped my mum (laughs) as a kid sometimes because I wanted to eat the cake mix. Obviously. And uh, I did one practice round of my flapjacks before going on Bake Off with my sister. It went really well, so I thought I thought that was the easiest thing I've ever had to do, make those flapjacks. So I was like, no more practicing then. That's fine. And I turned up on the day, and everyone else was like, I've practiced, you know, sixteen mm. times or whatever. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> M- must not be getting much work outside of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell some people have been in heavy training for weeks, though, can't you? You just can't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and because also they're because they enjoy baking at home, so they was like, yeah, I've done all these different practices. So that's because they loved it, and I saw it as work and tried to avoid it. Turned up on the day, got my ass handed to me. <laughs> no, do you know what? But that's why people watch it. It's for the ass handing bits. It's not for the yeah. expert cake bits. So it should be called celebrity ass yeah. handing, really, shouldn't it? It yeah. should yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not as catchy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is there a specific cake that you like to make when you learn your lines oh, or is it a whole range of cakes? This is of a cakes. good there question. Are, there are a couple of cakes I can do pretty much with my eyes closed. One is lemon drizzle mm. and the other is brownies, really nice sticky oh, yeah. gooey brownies. So oh, yes. those I can go down to a fine art now. Next question. <laughs> what is your address? <laughs> <laughs> 
You're very welcome anytime. I'm I'm that annoying actor that takes cakes to the rehearsal room, but I found it's a really great way of breaking the ice. I don't think that's annoying, Mira. I don't know. Do you remember <laughs> Nigel Planer's book, I an Actor? No. Which is all about a Ponzi actor, and he's got a he's got a recipe in there for rehearsal cheesecake to break the ice, which has got <laughs> ingredients in it like squirrel skin and quince. But um, I hope I'm not that actor. But I do find that um, there is nothing like feeding people to start everyone talking. That's not annoying at all, Mira. I'd imagine you're the absolute toast of the town when you bring in a lemon drizzle to a rehearsal room. That sounds incredible. I'm going to start working harder on my auditions if that's the sort of thing that happens when you get the part. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there's cake at the end of it. Yes, Does your mum like your, your cooking on your, and your cakes now that she lives with you? Yes, yeah, she loves a cake. She's got a really sweet tooth. Because she, she never, I mean, I wasn't brought up with baking. It's not an Indian thing at all. In fact, for years, I thought the oven was a place you stored your pans. I didn't actually know it did anything because we just never baked. But I grew up in this mining village surrounded and it was a bit sort of, you know, it's not quite Enid Blyton, very working class Enid Blyton, but a bit kind of rurally and, you know, I had lots of old ladies living around me that all used to bake for the church fate. And, um, that's how I learned. I learned from little old ladies. So my next door neighbour would would be making a cake or jam tarts from scratch with blackberries she'd picked, and I'd stand by her and watch her, and that's how I learned. So it was pretty good training, actually. It's good. Always stalk an old lady. Because that's the only <laughs> way to learn how to bake, really, isn't it, from old ladies, right? I think so. So how did the first person learn how to bake? Because yeah. was there just an old lady who was born mm. and she knew how to bake straight away? Because there's... There's got to be a time when there wasn't an old lady knocking around, right? Yeah, you're very right. That's a very existential question. Right, yeah. Which I'm not sure I can answer. Yeah, what came first, the cake or the old lady? It's the old question. (laughs) Yeah, maybe there was a cake and an old lady burst out of it, you know, like a surprise, (laughs) like a birthday. Like a stag party surprise. Yeah, but they're like, how long has she been in there? (laughs) She's so old. Uh, did you bake a cake when learning your lines for Code 404 is the question. Oh, nice segue. Um, Very good. Probably. I, I imagine I probably did, but I couldn't tell you what cake it was. Yeah. Yes, it would have been a bitter cake. So I was playing a bitter character. It would have been something with dark chocolate and spikes in it, I think. Um, <laughs> that, that was a really, really fun part. I don't get offered many sort of purely wrongans. Mm. Um, and it was just great to play someone who you never knew what side of the law she was on because she's a lawyer that comes from a criminal family, so she she knows both worlds really intimately. Mm-hmm. And I got to eyeball Stephen Graham in a very dead-eye, sharky way, which is very exciting. He won, yeah. obviously. Oh, did he? That's got to be one of the uh, dreams, to dead-eye Stephen Graham, just to have the opportunity to do that within within a part because you know in real life that's that's never going to happen for any of us right you just wouldn't dare would you no you absolutely dare. not i would you, you would would you dare yeah i'd do it <laughs> I, I i i saw him on jonathan ross once having a go at romesh and i was like if i see him if i ever see that guy <laughs> i'm gonna dead i am minimum <laughs> what's your maximum with him though punch him in the head <laughs> you wouldn't, I would do you it wouldn't la- you wouldn't last a second mate he wouldn't. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see. Can I just tell you, he's he's completely ripped as well. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, he's, he's going to be ripped, ripped to pieces. He's really ripped. We had to do a bit of a stunt, which involved running and jumping and guns and helicopters. Very exciting. Oh. And um, he he sprinted from one end of a runway to the other in about three seconds flat without wow. barely breathing. I was like, my God. Yeah, I have to run quicker than that when I see him. 
have to run quicker. It's not sounding very convincing, no. I tell you. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think we will. I'll pass the message on, shall <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, do. Yes. If you, I mean, if you know, send him an email, please, Mira. That, that would be great. If you just say, James A. Caster yeah. says he can tear you to pieces, I believe. Yeah, the, I will yeah, do that. You'll be hearing from him, I'm sure. And you'll have, to, you'll have to run fast when you see him. That's what he said <laughs> as well. I'll make sure to pass that on. How many courtroom characters have you played now, Mira? Because like, before we get into your main menu, I'm thinking you've played a judge, right? Yeah, I've played a few. I played a judge in Broadchurch. And I played a um, prosecuting barrister in Paddington too. I had to prosecute Hugh Grant, yes. which was just a career highlight, frankly. What a film. The man just improvises all the time. You can't stop him. And every improvisation is bloody genius. I mean, oh, he's really? just brilliant. Yeah. I have a feeling, though, on that film, Hugh Grant was having the absolute best time of his entire career, though. Yeah. You could tell, couldn't you? I'm not sure he's riffing on every job Enjoying he's doing, it. but Paddington 2, he was absolutely losing his mind. He was so excited. You could tell. Maybe for similar reasons to you, on Code 404, he got to play a baddie and quite enjoyed that, maybe. Is there something more c- cathartic about that, about playing a, a wrong'un? Oh, gosh, yeah, totally. It's really hard to play good, and it's really hard to play glam. I mean, those are two things. If I, Nobody really asks me much about the glam bit now, but it, those, you think, oh, my, no, that's hours in makeup. They're going to have to work really hard to make me look <laughs> even vaguely glam. And like everyone says, the devil has the best lines. You know, the most interesting, complex characters are really flawed and unpredictable. So, of course, we all want to, we want to play them. That's what you read. What? Complex and flawed? And unpredictable, yeah. I wouldn't say that's true at all. I'm a lovely good boy. Mm, okay. No? If I was a cake, James, what would I be? Flawed cake? Flawed and unpredictable <laughs> cake. One of your cakes from Bake Off. <laughs> yeah, you would be the my flapjacks from Bake Off. It would be a liquid flapjack soup, would I? What a yeah. lovely compliment. <laughs> Congratulations. Bon appetit. Would you like still or sparkling water, Mira? Sparkling, please. No, you'd say it's hard to be glam, and yet you've gone for the glamest water choice. Have I gone for the glamest water? Oh, this is full of pizzazz, the sparkling water. It's full of pizzazz, although I read somewhere that sparkling water can give you cellulite. Is that true? Tell tell us about this. I've not heard this. Yeah, it's one of those random facts I remember reading, saying, you know, if you have too much sparkling water, you'll get orange peel thighs. It's not stopped me, though. I do enjoy it. It just makes me feel like I'm out because I wouldn't have it at home. So when you're out, you have sparkling water. I do. Have you ever tried having it at home to give yourself the feeling of being out even though you're at home? Well, of course, in lockdown, we, we were all doing that, weren't we? We had to pretend we yeah. were out. So, yeah, I think we, we cracked open a couple of bottles <laughs> in the kitchen over lockdown. But, yeah, it's not – yeah, normally I'll, I'll have I'll, – quite happy with tap water to be honest but yes when i'm out i do like a bit of sparkling water yes what are orange peel thighs orange peel f- oh god guys don't get cellulite do you not really guess not don't you, you know you know that kind of looks like i un- i understand the idea you understand the concept it's like cottage cheesy sort of ripples on your on your flesh uh-huh although i like i like cottage cheese and i like oranges so yeah. if anything I'm going to start slamming the sparkling water. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sparkling water does that. Do you want anything in the sparkling water? Like ice or some fruit? I would like some ice and a couple of thinly cut slices of lime, please. You've got to be careful because if you have too much lime, you get lime peel thighs. Do you? Oh, no. Yeah, you get green green thighs. Green Real thighs. bad stuff, actually. You yeah. really don't want that. That's a good point. <laughs> Imagine this, Mira. You wake up Mm. one morning and your thighs have been replaced with a citrus fruit. (laughs) Which fruit would you choose of the citrus family? 
And we're talking lemons, limes, grapefruits, oranges. What other ones are there? I'm going to surprise you now and say kumquat. Yeah, here we go. Oh yes, you weren't. You weren't. You, yes. you didn't predict that, did you? Didn't predict it. No. Yeah. We. I don't think we were even sure that that was definitely a citrus <laughs> fruit. So you've absolutely yeah. sideswiped us there, Mira. Why specifically the kumquat? Because they're small. So are you imagining yourself with just instead of thighs, just two two, two very kumquats. small kumquats. Yeah. 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 And if your thighs were a place of kumquats and you were doing exercises at home, you could do quat squats yeah. as well. Could <laughs> you could do squats. I was. I can't even say that. Very good. I'm annoyed James got that in there because I had that bubble. You had that in your head as well? I had come. I, no, because I was going to say come squats and that sounds way <laughs> yeah. worse. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you <laughs> went with squats. Disgusting. <laughs> so actually, I'm glad you did yours. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. We'll edit that bit out. You're all right. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. If we can edit the come squats out, that'll <laughs> that's going to be the main you. bit. That's going to be the main bit of the podcast. <laughs> you deserve it. Pop and or bread. Pobnobs or bread, Mira Sile? Pobnobs or bread? Pobnobs? Pobnobs? Pobnobs or bread? <laughs> oh, poppadums or bread? Bread. Bread. I'm a bread freak. Bread of any kind. Yeah? Yes, please. Crustier the better. Now, occasionally, Mira, the guests will miss hear what James says there because he always shouts it. Uh, Does he? Uh, but I don't think anyone's heard pobnobs before. <laughs> I thought pop-nobs. it was I thought it was a cross between a poppadum and a hobnob. <laughs> Pop-nobs. Not a bad idea. But what kind of restaurant am I in? Some kind of weird fusion, culturally appropriated <laughs> place. Get out of here. Well, he's had his Nehru collar on and now he's, now he's trying <laughs> to say you're a Appropriating poppadums. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Walking around, <laughs> greeting people at the door. Welcome to Pop-nobs and cum squats. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bread would you like? I I very much like crusty bread with a soft yielding centre. So, you know, mm-hmm. a really good French loaf or some of those lovely slightly warm rolls that when you break them open, mm. the steam comes out and then you can put the butter in it and the butter melts. Mm. That kind. Have you had a French loaf in France? Yes, my gosh. They taste different, don't they? they? Do. It's the water and the flour and everything else, isn't it? It does. It's taste the ambiance. But also I love the fact that everybody eats piles of bread and nobody cares. Nobody's going, oh, carbs. They just... Eat piles of bread. Yeah, That's and great. they drink drink wine in little glasses, walking around drinking wine, eating bread, looking amazing. It's looking amazing. Really. Yeah, wearing a scarf in a million different ways that you couldn't even begin to even do once. I mean, I don't know how the innate sense of style that they have is there, but it is. Yeah. If you were staying in Paris and you lived mm. above or on the same street as a bakery, and you could go down every morning and get yourself a baguette. Um, do you think you could walk from the baker's to your back to your house without nibbling the baguette out the bag that was sticking up the top? Oh no, I've even done that when I've brought things back from shopping. Yeah, I've broken the end of the bread and eaten it in the car while I've been driving. That's just really bad, isn't it? Would you ever do it before you've paid for it? Some people do that. Oh yeah, that's... have I ever done that? No, I probably haven't. No. What do you think of the people who do do that? I respect their choices as long as you pay for it. It's all right. Because sometimes people do that with their kids, right? They'll pick something off the shelf in the supermarket, they'll give it to their kids and their kids will eat it when they're, when they're going around the shop and then they'll make the person scan an empty bag. Yet when you do it and you've got no kids, you get frowned upon. That's a very fair point. I think maybe they give concessions to under fives though. Yeah, they do let them get away with it. But yeah. I just wonder whether I could get away with going into the supermarket, eating a bag of crisps and that's the only thing I take to the checkout whether I essentially go and use it as a cafe, whether that would, mm-hmm. whether that would fly. 
Not unless you've been threatening to have a tantrum unless you got the crisps, because that's oh, generally yeah. why people have given things to their kids in the aisles of Sainsbury's, is to stop them melting down. Well, in that scenario, I would have to go into the supermarket, out loud threaten myself with a tantrum, yeah. and then give myself a bag of crisps, eat the crisps, and then check out uh, mm. check out the bag of crisps. So I'd, I'd look insane, I'd say. It's not outside the realms of possibility. That's true. I bet Stephen Graham eats food when he walks around supermarket. You wouldn't stop him, would you? I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would stop him. I, I'd see him moving the food towards his mouth. I would grab his wrist and say, not so fast. And then he'd dead eye you. Yeah. And you'd be very, very frightened. It'd be the last thing he did if he tried that. <laughs> James, he would, he would fold you up and put you in that bag of crisps and then put it back on the shelf. Lovely. I'd love to be in a bag of crisps. Thank you very much. Done me a favour. You could live in a bag of crisps instead of a lamp. That would be good, actually, wouldn't it? That it would. would be nice. Pop out with all the, and all the crisps would go everywhere. Did you used to do that when you were a kid? When I mean, you had a bag of crisps and somebody wanted one, and then you'd quickly smash them all up into little <laughs> tiny pieces. So, so, when, so when you offered the bag, all they could take was a tiny crumb. Did you ever do that? Was that just me? No, but I love it. Never did that. I, I absolutely love that. I wish I'd thought um, of that. It must be a Midland thing. <laughs> well, I'm from the Midlands. I, I'm, I'm from Kettering. But we didn't do it there. You never did that. Maybe it's a maybe it's just a particular West Midland thing. Then we just said no. (laughs) We weren't weren't the most generous of kids. Do you think you could do that as an adult? Maybe when you're in the pub, bring a bag of crisps back. You know how people do the they tease it open and like splay it out like a little plate. Do you think instead of doing that, you just slam your fist on it so there's it's just powder? And then open it up and go, good luck. good luck. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a good pub game, actually, isn't it? Maybe you should give everyone a straw and see if they can suck the bits up through a straw. <laughs> you, you got a favourite flavour of crisps before we move on? Really boringly, I like a plain crisp, actually. I don't think no. you should embellish it too much. Mm, I'm into that. Maybe a bit of black pepper on it, the black pepper yeah. crisps. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not into t- heavily flavoured, like, prawny, barbecue things. No. Yeah, more and more. I've got into. I've really grown to appreciate the ready salted crisp. Oh yeah. I used to be all about the wacky flavours, but these days, yeah, I keep gravitating towards the ready salted and going. Oh, there's there's a beauty to this. I think it's a sign of age. This is like being at a, like a ration meeting in the 1940s. <laughs> what? <laughs> going on here both of you going well oh, no i just love the plain flavor of like the potato to come through actually unbelievable doing the midlands a disservice i grew up in london i like i like truffle crisps thank you yeah he does actually they are quite good though aren't they thank you mary yes, yes. They are. the black truffle torres oh, crisps are the best oh, yes. in the world it's like they're like crack aren't they you oh. just once you open it that's it you don't yeah, full big bag full done. big bag down Mm-mm. during lockdown i um found out the supermarket around the corner from me i had them on deliveroo so quite often if i was hung over and i couldn't really be bothered to leave the house i'd get a full deliveroo shop full of stuff i didn't need just justify just buying a big bag of the crisps oh down in one breath amazing i hear you get, get all upset about it and throw a wobbly in the middle of the yeah. supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to your dream meal proper And start with your dream starter. My dream starter would be an Indian street food dish called Chaat, C-H-A-A-T. And there's various versions of it, like aloo papri chaat. Let me describe it to you. It's like bits of potato and chickpea mixed with fresh onion, coriander, ginger garlic, some spices. And then on top of that, you have yogurt and tamarind sauce. And then right on top of that, you have these little crispy things, a bit like crisps, called papri. And it's all together in a bowl of just 
fantastic layered flavors. And it literally is street food. It's what you can grab from a stall on your way to work or on your way back. But it's it's just one of my favorite things because there's just so many different um, sensations in one little bowl. Oh, it does sound absolutely amazing. Straight away. Oh, and mint chutney as well. Put that on top oh. too. It's just delicious. I've had a, a, a Mobley, which is like a, a chain. There's one in Liverpool, one in Birmingham, and they do chart bombs which are almost like, are they? is it called gold guppers? The, Very good, gold guppy, yeah, yeah. So they're little flying saucers. <laughs> yeah, it's like a combination of the two. So inside yes. is the charts. But like, and those are, that's probably the first time I had anything that's like that. Did you like it? I was really addicted to it. I was then like obsessed yeah. with where Mowgli's were around uh, around the UK because I was on tour at the time. So I was like, is there a Mowgli yeah. nearby? And go and get those bombs again. Oh, do you know, they're not difficult to make at home. Not the actual little gulgubbi. I buy those from, you know, Mm -hmm. you can buy them. But the mixture that goes inside, you can make pretty easily. You you just need chickpeas and boil up some potatoes, and then you buy the various spices and you're off. Where's the best place that you've ever had this dish? Is there, like, if you you wanted it from a specific place? Could even be your own. Could even be your own. I do make a very good alu papri chart, I have to say, but dishoom. Assume do a great chart. But also surprisingly, when you, you know, you go to these little off-piste places in places like Wembley or Southall or Green Street in the East End, these are all London places, but generally you will always find, you know, a little family-run restaurant that does the best chart if you're willing to just be a little bit adventurous. But Dishum is very, very good chart. Yeah, they do loads of things very well, actually. You mentioned a lot of London places there. Um, yeah. Jess Phillips, uh, elected MP, Jess Phillips has been on the podcast, and uh, she claimed that there was no good curry places in London at all. <gasps> what would you say to that? Goodness, that's a big challenge. Yeah. Well, She's from Birmingham. I know, and I know what she means. She was really flying the flag for Birmingham. Oh, yeah. No, Birmingham's got some of the – she's right – some of the best curry houses – I would say worldwide, never mind Britain-wide, that's true. But there's a particularly famous sort of area around about um, Soho Road and Sparkbrook around there, which do, Balti literally means bucket, but you don't eat out of a bucket, don't worry. But they do really um, amazing, very quickly cooked different curries in sort of large, they look like woks really, and the secret Mm. is that you cook everything quite quickly still. And you get these giant naans, they're called garik naans, and you can get one that is literally, you can't see my hands, but literally the size of the dining table. Mm. And you all share it. And it's like, it's just like being with a bunch of caterpillars. Everybody just gets an end and just munches <laughs> their way to the middle. It's such a, see, it's a communal experience of eating that that is so much fun and it breaks loads of barriers when you go along. So, I, yeah, the curry houses around there are amazing. But, yes, she's right. It's a very good place to, to eat Indian food. I don't think I would have a good time eating that naan with everyone else because I'm very greedy and I immediately <laughs> want to know what bit of the food is mine so I can get it all. So what I would do is I'd start eating that naan and I'd go the, I'd try and go the fastest out of everyone and I'd be across the other side of the table before anyone else had taken a bite. Some people do that because yeah. they're frightened it's going to yeah it's going to run out. Did you, do you come from a big family? Is that why? Did you have to fight for food at the table? No, I'm an only child. Oh, my there God. Go. Well, that makes no sense then. I think, I think it explains everything, Mira. <laughs> <laughs> I have a half-brother and half-sister, but I didn't grow up with them. So, yes, only child. They were full brothers and full sisters, but Ed ate them. Yeah. Ed ate half of them. (laughs) Yeah. 
that's why they're half brother and half sister, right? The top of my sister and the bottom of my brother. Um, <laughs> um, is there is there a chance, Mira, when everyone's nibbling on the naan from all different sides? The giant naan, yeah. The giant naan that um, they would all meet in the middle and accidentally lady and the tramp at the end of the meal. Mm. Oh, that'd be romantic, wouldn't it? Depends who you're with, I suppose. It does depend who you're with, yeah. It's a little awkward if it's, you know, your brother Family, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, it's never happened to me, but then I think, you know, it's descended into a free-for-all before we've reached that Mm -hmm. point. (laughs) But um, No, but generally the the great thing about an idiot experience like this is the food is in the middle of the table in the pans you know there's no formality so nobody worries that there isn't enough and mm-hmm. I've only got this little bit of nouveau cuisine on my plate it just doesn't work like that it's like there's a load of food you eat with your fingers it's a sensual experience just get stuck in there and yeah. ask for more if you want it and that's how I. that's good I like that's how I like eating actually I always worry that what if there's not enough and what if this is the last time I ever eat this food so I have to, to go for it are you a survivalist? Have you got a secret mm. bunker with lots of tinned food? No, um, I think in an apocalyptic situation, I think I might be the first one to die. Because <laughs> I'd eat all, if I did have any tins, I'd eat all my tins day one, yeah. and then I'd be too full when the zombies came. I'm assuming it's uh, zombies. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Because like the biggest fear that anybody has in my culture is to not have enough food. It's a ridiculous thing, and you completely overfeed people. And then you get offended when they say I'm full after eating for three hours. You go, you're full? You're full? I'm, this is the first course. And this is how over over much I cater that when the lockdown was sort of first coming and everyone was panic buying, friend was round and she went, oh, I see you've stocked up already. Go out and look at that. And I went, no, I, this is my usual cupboard. I have 36 tins of tin tomatoes because I will need them in the week. I have 50 toilet rolls because I will need them. So, yeah, bulk buying all the way. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good 
aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed. Answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm. Um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver. But yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things. And then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that. And then I forget about it. And then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff... May I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Your dream main, then, is it uh, something that would be like, you know, a, a shared dish or is this just for you? Uh, yeah, I had a real difficulty with this. But I thought, what is the thing I've most enjoyed eating over the last couple of years? And I'm going to say paella mm. or paella because I had the best paella I've ever had in Barcelona a couple of years ago. And I still think about it. Is that sad? Mm. But I actually enjoy remembering yeah. eating that paella. And maybe because of where it was, it was, you know, on the beach. It was a restaurant right next to the beach in Barcelona. Barcelona friends had taken us there and said, you will never eat better paella. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were right. It was just amazing. And it had the little sofrito bit at the bottom, you know, that sort of crackly bit that forms at the bottom of the pan. Yeah. I can't remember how much I ate, but I had to be rolled out of there. But I couldn't stop eating it. Every single layer of flavour was just amazing. And, of course, all the... You know, it was, it was a fish one because I don't, I don't eat meat. So mm. it was chocker full of the best seafood because mm. it was all fresh and probably caught this morning. And yes, it'll be that, please. Yeah. That is the first shout out we've had for Paella on the podcast. Would, would you it believe is. it? After a hundred and something episodes and what a good choice. I've not yeah. had Paella in ages. I have it all the time. You don't have it all the time, mate. I do. What are you talking about? My, my girlfriend all the way through lockdown has been perfecting her Paella. That is true. Wow. And Tell me this. Yeah, and just we've had we've had it pretty regularly. Keeps getting better. Delicious. That's amazing. Uh, eat it out the pan while watching TV, sharing the, sharing it together from the pan. Does she get the crispy bit on the bottom? Yeah, absolutely. What do you have in yours? Uh, chicken and prawns. Actually, you know, ch- yeah. chicken. And then I've I've, I've realised that I've imagined the prawns. but uh chicken and like loads of uh, i think i'm thinking of how the red peppers are cut they look like prawns but there's loads of red peppers in there (laughs) she's absolutely fooled you mate yeah she's tricked me and has she got a proper paella pan yeah yeah well well, Mm. kind of yeah it's it, it is like a beginner's one i'd say yeah, you know. yeah, it's me too. I've only got a beginner's one. It's huge, so you have to have four four gas rings on to yeah. some keep moving it around so he cooks properly. <laughs> but yeah, I love hearing the shout out for the pilot. I, I know we've definitely mentioned pilot before on the podcast because I said about how I was really obsessed with the Tesco paella that you could buy for a while. Oh, um, yes. I would regularly 
eat that when I was like, when I first moved to London, I'd get that. It was a really, it's probably the best ready meal I've ever had. And I would have it pretty, pretty regularly because wow. it was delicious. But I couldn't remember if it was Tesco or Sainsbury's. And do you know what? I was told this was boring the first time I said it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How big was the pan that they made the paella in when you saw oh, yeah. it? Because they get pretty, pretty damn big. Huge. I mean, there was four of us, five of us around the table, six of us maybe even, and we all, you know, we couldn't finish it. So again, this is something else that you're eat. You're all sat around and you're just mm. eating yeah. your way towards the middle. It's another communal eating experience, right? Well, yeah, because I think that's what food's about. Yeah. You know, food is just better when it's shared and I think food brings us all together and I think food is also, it's soul food because the recipes that I you know, the Indian food I make, the recipes I have are things that my mum made for me and her mum made for her. And I feel that I'm really linked to my past and all those flavours are part of who I am. And so eating that food and making that food is, is more than just, oh, it's fuel. It's loads of other things as well. Mm. When you make things for your mum that your mum in the past has made for you, mm. do you ever put any little twists in do you ever make your put your own stamp on it or would she would she be angry about that oh no you adapt all the time i mean particularly because you know if you a lot of traditional indian dishes if you follow the traditional recipe you are literally there for four hours stirring and who's got the time to do that so i do loads of shortcuts sometimes she doesn't know sometimes she really does <laughs> and she'll sort of go mm-hmm she'll eat it though but yeah i mean we just don't have the time that our mothers did nor the inclination frankly i mean i don't want to spend half my life in a kitchen i want to be able to make the food as quickly and as well as i can and then sit and eat it with my friends and enjoy it so gone are those days when the mums used to stand at the stove and basically serve everybody else and let's sit, then sit down on their own afterwards. I mean, that does not happen anymore in my house or anybody else's, I hope. If you were in a situation where you and your friends are all sat around a big, either a big round naan bread or a big <laughs> paella and you're all eating from the outside and you meet in the middle and do a big lady and the tramp uh, all of you at the same time, who would be the people that you would most like to do that with. Minimum three other people, but you can add more if you want to. Oh, okay. So Frida Kahlo. Yes. Who nice. I love in love and still on my bucket list. I was meant to go this year, but for obvious reasons I didn't, is to visit her house in Mexico. Joni Mitchell, who is my yeah. favourite musician. Nina Simone, because I think she'd just be fascinating and I could get her to sing to everyone and that would be amazing. Can I have those three, please? For me, those are very strong characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd absolutely love to be at that meal. And you're all lady in the tramping at the end, remember? Was that a question? No, just just, to make, just making sure you remember it. Oh, I see. Making sure you remember that this isn't... That, James is giving you another, because you've picked very strong characters who would be wonderful have to, uh, to have a conversation with, but I think James is just reminding you that you're all going to have a big kiss in the middle of a paella at the end of the evening. So. Oh, I yes. don't mind kissing any oh, of no, those. Oh, I, I think right. yeah, yeah. it'd be lovely. I would like Frida <laughs> Carlo's moustache to tickle my lips. I think mm. it would be very exciting. Yes. And I could stroke her monobrow and that would also be very exciting. <laughs> Frida getting a lot of attention there and the lady in the tramp kiss. The other two getting yeah. a bit jealous. Anita Simone would not stand for that. She, she, she would, would be not. She'd be unhappy. stamping effort. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, though, coming onto the side dish, though, isn't it? Because yes. the paella is one of those dishes that is its own thing completely all-encompassing meal you don't really need a side dish with paella necessarily 
But, of course, this is the dream restaurant, so you can have whatever you damn please, Mira. Mm-hmm. I would like Samphire. Oh, Ooh. yes. And I think that would go very well with paella. Yeah. Yep. And I've only discovered Samphire recently because, you know, I didn't eat a prawn till I was 18. I was very slow to a lot of culinary things because you just didn't eat them in the Midlands. I remember my first prawn. It was at the Acropolis Greek restaurant in Walsall near the bus station. And I thought, I've arrived. <laughs> yeah. Prawn. Um, so Samphire only discovered, oh, gosh, really recently, maybe about eight, nine years ago in Brighton. Someone took me to this amazing fish restaurant and said, and they ordered some. I said, what is that? And they went, darling, you don't know what Samphire is? I said, no. <laughs> and I ate it and I thought, I'm eating the sea. This just yeah. tastes of the sea in the nicest way, not in a gritty, you know, muscly way, but just the freshness and the crispness. And you hardly need to cook it. You just sort of tickle it a bit in hot oil, a bit of lemon juice and garlic, and you're off. Mm. And it's just just the best flavour. And it's fresh. It just always... And it's full of iron. It's good for you. It feels like it's good for you, yeah, doesn't it? When you eat it, you're like, this is... Yeah. This is delicious, but also it feels like it's doing me some good. Yeah. It feels like I've been for a swim. Yeah, exactly. And I love swimming. So, yeah. So I think it would go well with paella as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. sure. Sort of fishy theme. Yes. Oh, I love it. Really, the main place I have samphire is cricket. We've got a, a cricket sometimes, and they do this, like, deep-fried kind of samphire. It's very nice, but it doesn't really taste of the sea because they deep-fry it and, like, <laughs> it comes with some sauce and stuff. <laughs> but... I had some proper nice fresh tasting stuff at Shrimpster before we did our off-menu live shows at the yes. Royal Festival Hall. There was some uh, food market outside, and there's a place called Shrimpster that did all, like, shrimp stuff. And uh, I got the Shrimpster burger that had, like, a bunch of deep-fried shrimp in it mm. and then loads of samphire in a burger. Mm. It was so delicious, that really tasty amazing. with some um, – I think the sauce had, like, sriracha kind of mayo sauce. It was amazing. And Ed got, what did you get, Ed? Sex in a pot or something? It wasn't called sex in a pot, no. I think <laughs> there was sex in the name, but it was just the deep fried shrimp that were in a pot. But then it was called a, also a, shrimp, a shrimp to sex pot, I think. It wasn't called sex in a pot, though, which was your initial guess. So I just Yeah, but to it make... was called something similar. It had the word sex and pot in it. I just want. I just wanted to let Mira know that I didn't specifically pick a dish called "sex in a pot," which sounds mm. it sounds awful. I was wondering, did you have to put yeah. your car keys in a bowl yeah. before you chose it? <laughs> in the pot, yeah, it's a big pot in the middle <laughs> in the middle of the food market. Yes, I had I had some sex in a pot, uh, but then also I had another dinner as well. So I double dinnered that night. He double dinnered because he he got he got something else, and then he came and met me outside Shrimpster and went, "Oh, that looks nice actually," <laughs> yeah. and he got jealous. So then he ordered yeah. himself a second dinner, and then he really yeah. regretted it before he even eaten either one of them. Oh no, yeah. why have I done this? <laughs> <laughs> and then ate both of them. Yeah, yeah. Food envy is horrible, though, isn't it? I hate yeah, food envy really when is. you order something and someone else's dish comes. And you go, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. Which yeah. I guess is the the other joy of the big communal foods is that you've all got the same thing, so you can't have food envy unless someone's that's got right. like too many muscles on their side of the paella which is annoying me already just imagining it oh that's a point are there muscles in this paella they could, i mean i'm not mega keen on muscles i have to say i think there's too much hassle muscles aren't worth the hassle yeah i don't think so and it's horrible when they're sandy it just ruins mm. everything just get grit under your teeth don't like it well obviously there's amazing big gambas those are incredible huge mediterranean prawns you get a mm. lot of that i love squid throwing some squid yeah. i'd enjoy that too I do. I used to like octopus, but I can't eat it anymore. Why not? Because since that film, my octopus teacher, oh, yeah. I just couldn't eat an octopus now. I liked that film. They're just really too intelligent to be like eating a dolphin. Just couldn't do it. What if a film came out tomorrow on Netflix about a prawn that's got a degree? 
Do you know, that would probably stop me eating prawns as well. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to, by the end, this is just going to be a rice paella, isn't it? And just isn't it? praying, praying that it doesn't turn out that rice is clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the weird thing about that octopus film was? Yeah. Is that at the end, when the octopus, spoiler alert, if you've not seen My Octopus Teacher, at the end, the octopus gets killed by some baddie fish or a shark or something and the guy just watches it and lets it happen because that's the code of like documentarians you have to just watch it let it happen don't interfere but for the whole film he is hanging out with that octopus like interacting with it constantly and interfere like his whole when he when he get, when he gets something out of it and it's his friendship with the octopus and he loves it makes him feel good he's hanging out with the octopus touching the octopus letting the octopus latch onto his arm swimming around with it playing with the octopus doing all this stuff the octopus gets beaten by a shark he's like well i mustn't interfere no you're scared of a shark mate that's what's going on and you're letting your friend get ripped to shreds and now you're gonna win an academy award for it if i met him i'll punch him in the head (laughs) very aggressive today james yeah yeah because mentioned stephen graham earlier on yeah that's why you're not hangry. Are you hangry? Maybe I'm a little bit hangry, but also I remembered Stephen Graham slamming Romesh <laughs> on uh, Jonathan Ross, and I remembered I owe him a piece of my mind. I think you and Stephen Graham need to go for a big paella, James, and just eyeball each other for the whole thing while you're eating your way into the middle and then have a lovely old big kiss in the middle. Oh, there'd be some muscles in that paella pretty quickly because <laughs> we'd be both be swimming around in it having a big old fight. These muscles, <laughs> these guns. <laughs> That'd be all, all in amongst the paella. Yeah. <laughs> we knew what you meant. When when you said the muscles thing, we knew what you were talking about. Huh? But thanks for, we knew what you meant, but thanks for well, thanks for flagging it up. Well, you, I wasn't getting the support that I thought <laughs> I was going to get. If Stephen Graham ever comes on this podcast, I'm going to let him do his menu. I'm going to say, you're not having any of that. I'll tell you what you're having for dinner. A knuckle sandwich, mate. <laughs> he's going to hear this, you know. Yeah, he's never coming on this podcast. I hope he does hear it. He's the sweetest man. He really is. Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how sweet he is when I'm finished with him. This first prawn that you had at the Acropolis in Walsall, the bus station, Mira. Yeah. Why did you pick the prawn? Was it? Did you think I've never had a prawn before? This is going to be my big moment to to have a prawn. And do you remember how the first prawn tasted and how it was prepared? It was a prawn cocktail because it Mm. was. You know, the 80s, so of course it was a prawn cocktail. You know, hanging out the jar with a little bit of pink mayonnaise and bits of lettuce. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, it's time. I'm 18. I've really got to do this. <laughs> got to eat a prawn. I mean, there were probably, you know, frozen prawns that had just been defrosted, but didn't matter to me. I just thought, because <gasps> I hardly ate any fish growing up. We had fish fingers, but, you know, you tend to cook the food that your mum cooks and that is influenced by the region you grew up in so my friends that lived in bits of india by the sea ate loads of fish like south indians but i'm north indian punjabi landlocked and so a lot of our food was vegetarian actually uh, occasional bit of chicken but never fish so fish was an unknown thing to me and i don't know maybe that's why it's one of my favorite things now because i feel i have a lot of mm. fish years to catch up on and i guess the cuisine uh, is from a landlocked place so not a lot of fish and then of course then you're living in the midlands 
even also more landlocked as well even more landlocked so you're not going to get fresh prawns unless they've come straight off the bus in all sorts of, well yeah. we were in the bus station yeah, exactly. so, that was so probably right, quite right next to where the prawns were coming in <laughs> yeah <laughs> just got this image of all these prawns getting yeah. off the bus <laughs> ready for a night out in Walsall. <laughs> Your dream drink. I'm going to be really boring and not choose an alcoholic drink, but I will I will choose the drink. And I love this drink because it's like a pudding. It's Rose Lussie, Rose Favourite Lussie. And um, it, you get it at Dishoom. See, I'm giving them a name check again. But whenever I go to Dishoom, that's what I have. Now, you probably know what Lussie is. It's a yoghurt-based drink. And you can, you can have the healthy version, which is without sugar and flavouring. And it's just sort of, you know, actually salted. Yogurt mixed with water. This is the naughty version, which has yummy things in it. I love rose flavour anyway. Uh, it's a very particular thing. Some people can't stand it. Turkish delighty kind of flavour. I love it. And there's something about this lossy that they make. It's just gorgeous and very filling. So it's. I order it, but I sort of have it as a pudding, even though it's a drink, because it's really filling. And would oh. you like it in a, a giant fish bowl and then everyone sits around with a big straw and you all drink it down? Because I feel like everything else is communal now, right? So You're right, but I might draw the line at my lussie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I might get a bit territorial about that. Yeah. <laughs> jo- Joni's looking a bit offended. Yeah, Joni's not happy. <laughs> not. Like, I got back Joni. Joni will be having a whiskey, for God's sake. <laughs> now, uh, we had one of our earlier uh, episodes, uh, series one years ago now, Krishna Guru Murphy was our guest and he chose a mango lassie mm. and Ed and I were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we love mango lassies. And he was like, you pronounce it lassie? That's the way it's pronounced. And then since then, Ed, it's more of a mm. question for you almost, Ed. Yeah. I don't know if you've not. So then throughout my life now, since then, I say lassie. And sometimes it's become one of those things where if ever I'm talking to friends or at a restaurant and someone says, I might get a mango lassie, actually, I do that passive-aggressive thing where I go, yeah, well, I also might get a lassie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've become, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So now all your friends go, you know, James always repeats it and changes the way he says it. And then he never orders one. He never wants one. He just always says he might get one specifically to correct me and then never gets one. I don't think I've said Lussie out loud since that episode. I've never ordered one still. I can't believe it. My gosh, you should try it. It's really nice. And there's so many flavours. The Rose Lussie sounds really good. Mm. I'm going to tell my girlfriend about that. She wouldn't have it because she loves Rose stuff. But get this, Mira, she's scared of yoghurt. How can you be scared of yoghurt? You know, <laughs> I've got no idea. I've petrified of it. Absolutely petrified yeah. of yoghurt. The look of it, the smell of it? The smell of it, the look of it, just the way it is, the texture of it. Would she know that a lassie was made of yoghurt? Yes, I think she, she, would. she would know. Yeah, yeah. Even she, though it's she... a bit like a milkshake, really, when you get it. You couldn't mm. tell it was yoghurt. Yeah, she knows. She knows when yoghurt's hiding around the corner. Yeah, yeah. she can sense yoghurt. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I know how she feels, though. I'm a bit like that about skin, the skin on things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that must be awful every morning when you when you wake up. <laughs> and... <laughs> I like my skin. <laughs> the skin on top of boiled milk or a, or a, mm-hmm. a custard or actually makes me heave. I can't bear yeah. how it looks. I love custard. Oh, to go about the taste, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let it anywhere near me. Yeah, eat a whole bag. Uh, <laughs> I could eat a whole bag no. of custard skin if you gave it to no. me, like like, oh, like no, little no. bits of custard skin, like crisps. I just eat it. 
That's what you do, isn't it? If Stephen Graham was looking you right in the eye, you just yeah. to freak him out, you just eat a whole bag of custard skin. Yeah, I eat a whole bag of custard skin. I'll go, problem? How can you? It's a... Uh... The texture, it's, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm with you, Mira. I'm not I'm not on board with that. I think I want, because it just means it's been sitting there for a while, right? The custard. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just a yeah. sign that it should have been dealt with. I just remember the last time I had a Lussie, actually. It was in lockdown, and I ordered a takeaway, and mm. I ordered a Lussie because I was feeling in the mood. But what was annoying about that is that just me in my flat, I could, didn't get the chance to say it and show that I knew how to say it. <laughs> So when the delivery guy dropped it round, oh, uh, no, I got, the, got it off him. And I said, just to check, there's the Lussie's in here, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, good, just checking that the Lussie was in here. Goodbye. <laughs> the thing is, it's not impressive. It, well, it's not impressive for a start. And then it's not, it's even less impressive when there's no one there saying it wrong. So yes. you would have needed someone else there to say, is the lassie in there? You go, I'll check if the lassie's yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about them. Yeah, should have told my girlfriend to say that. When he comes, yeah. I want you to shout from the living room, make sure yeah. he's remembered the lassie. And I'll yeah. say, uh, she means the lassie. And I'm imagining you wearing a Nehru collar when you yep. <laughs> I know it's called Lassie. She, she loves Iron Maiden, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Iron Maiden fan. That drinks I haven't had a rose uh, rose one ever. Is it a rose or rose mm. one? Rose. It's not a rose. One. Rose. Imagine a rose, rose Lassie. Would you turn that down? I think I would. I don't would think you? wine and yogurt mix. Call me. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but <laughs> no. I think maybe not. I think I'm with you, Mira. I agree that wine and yoghurt don't mix. <laughs> Disagreed over here. If someone started releasing wine-flavoured yoghurts, mm-hmm. I would I would eat, I would try one at least. Would you? Yeah, and all the different types of wine and all that, a Malbec yoghurt, a Shiraz yoghurt, I would give it a go. I mean, I Champagne yoghurt, I'd probably give it a go. Mira, would champagne you have a champagne yoghurt? Cherry liqueur yogurt yeah. might be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. It would curdle, though. Yeah. How could you keep it from curdling? Mm, that's I the... guess you'd have to maybe store it like a fruit corner, have the cherry liqueur in the little oh, yeah. corner, oh, and then yes. the yogurt, and, and then, then mix tip it, it in and, at the last minute. But then it would curdle in your stomach. Yeah, I guess. Which is even worse. But is I guess food's doing all sorts of stuff in our stomachs after we eat and it, And then you'd right? poo cheese. <laughs> it, oh, that might be, a, you know, in, in an apocalyptic <laughs> situation. <laughs> that's just the logical... That's how it would go, right? If Ed pooed cheese, he thought he would die to gone to heaven. Yeah. He would absolutely love it. Like the ultimate Pez dispenser. I'd love that. Yeah. He'd poo in straight onto a cracker. Yeah. I'd do all the different types. Blue poo. Yeah. I'd do, I'd do, yeah, it'd be great. I'd love it. Smoky poo. Honestly, if, if I could guarantee that it was just pure 100% cheese. Yes. I think that's my dream superpower. Yeah, of course it is. I'm yeah. so glad we had this conversation. <laughs> You said poo cheese. Hey. I did, didn't I? Can't blame two little boys for I blame myself. getting carried away. Yeah. yeah, I know. I should really not have gone there. Well, let's move on to your dessert now that you know, I'm sure you feel like you'd really like to imagine the pudding now after that chat. Yeah. yeah. And do feel free, Mira, if you don't want anything sweet, you can have a poo board. I can have a poo board. Um, Might as well be. Do you know, fun, I think I'll go for the dessert. Uh, yeah, this is easy because I do have a favourite dessert and it's an eaten mess. Oh, yeah. I love meringue. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I, I hate dry meringue. Mm. I will not eat a dry. If it's flowery or dry, forget yep. it. It's not meringue. It's got to have that chewy, yes. not quite cooked centre. 
Thank you. Absolutely. And then I wouldn't want too much cream. And I'm very, I've had um, really nice eaten messes without cream. I've had it with yogurt, weirdly enough, like vanilla yogurt, mm-hmm. or because you make a healthy version. And then really nice summer fruits. And what's really nice in, uh, in eating mess is a bit of passion fruit because it's a bit tart and it mixes mm. well with the sweetness of the meringue. My mouth's watering. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. I really love that pudding. Uh, do you know uh, eat a mess was, uh, was invented when um, someone had a pavlova uh, in the Midlands and someone asked for a bite of it and they went, yeah, here you go. And then they smashed it all up. And went, here you go. Help yourself. Help yourself to some. It's a true story. Yeah, that is quite brilliant rounding up. You waited, (laughs) you queued it up, and you went for it. And hats off, sir. Thank you. Not enough people, not enough people come on this podcast and uh, give credit where it's due and recognise the greatness. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It is that good you good. saved it after the whole poo cheese thing. I'm, I'm glad you brought it back round. <laughs> that would yeah. have been an awful taste to leave in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awful image for people to imagine <laughs> you pooing directly onto a cheese board. But, um, yeah, the eating mess is nice. Um, I think for me, uh, so eating mess is delicious, and uh, people have chosen it on the podcast before and often gets, you know, people tee it up by saying it's just objectively the best dessert as well it's one of the ones that um people who love it just see it as why would you ever choose anything else um for mm-hmm. me i wish that it didn't have the word eaten in it because it just reminds me of uh the worst people in the world so yes, i would like I... to change the name i think we should lobby for to have the name changed that would be good yeah well which which area yeah, or which, uh... institution would you like to call this yeah after? maybe uh Catherine. Catherine mess well yeah <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> The thing is, the mess, really, wherever you change it to, the mess seems like an insult now, doesn't it? Yeah, because eating mess is just like, you know, a posh kid who's a bit scruffy being like, what am I like? Yeah. I'm a right mess today. Whereas, yeah, call anyone else a mess, it's like, you fucking, what are you saying about us? Is this you throwing down the gloves? Are you going to call it a Stephen Graham mess? <laughs> he would be in a mess when I finish it. i tell you what. I'm telling you it's going to get back to him. I'm just telling I you. I hope it does. I, 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 I Joe, what? I... I'm delivering this first class to him. That's what you get when you make fun of Romesh and Jonathan Ross. <laughs> we could call it a Romesh. Oh, oh lovely. Yes. I like that. Lovely. I would love to call it that, definitely. Uh, and, and then it becomes something nice. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to put any, would you like to put any mango in it? Because then we can call it a Romesh Mango Nathan. Oh, yeah. Yes, I would. <laughs> just because of that. But also, I have had mango in eating mess, and it's great. Oh, good. Well, that's perfect then. I'm glad oh, the yeah. pun and the dish what works. We've done. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely. That's a lovely meal. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read back your menu to you now, and uh, yeah, go on. we'll see how you feel about it. Always nice to hear it back. Uh, water. You want sparkling water with ice and thinly cut slices of lime. Poplums of bread. You chose a warm crusty roll or a French baguette with butter. Starter. Chart from Dachum. Main course. Seafood paella from the Barcelona Beach Restaurant. Side of Samphire and drink. Rose Lassie. Rose La- Fuck, fuck, I said Lassie. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe this. You did. I can't believe you it. You did. Oh, and Benito definitely won't edit that out because it makes me look like an idiot. I'm dead. Um, so sorry, James. Uh, uh, yes, Lassie. I believe it's thank called you. Lassie. Oh, thank you, Ed. No worries. <laughs> At least you know now. <laughs> <laughs> Most lassie from Dishoom. Dessert. You want um, rom? 
a raw mess mango Nathan yes. with, with some passion yes. fruit as well. Yeah. Yes. Very happy with that. Oh, menu. that yeah. sounds absolutely delicious. Sound that great. is that is a great menu. Mira, thank you so much for for coming to the Dream Restaurant. That's a wonderful menu. Thank you very much for talking to us, and I can't apologise enough about the poo board. What a note to end on. <laughs> Cheers, Mira. <laughs> Well, there we are. A wonderful menu from Mira. Uh, lovely to listen to you absolutely sign your death warrant over the course of the podcast. As if I'll, I'll sign a death warrant, not my own. Mm, I think yours, you know mate. whose you death going, warrant I just signed. You're going down. He's yeah. Gonna eat, he's going to eat you. Oh, He's going to take luck. you down and eat you. Oh, best of luck. If he eats me, I'm going to beat him up from the inside from his <laughs> stomach. We're all, we will all look forward to watching that, of course. Thank you very much, uh, Mira, for coming to the Dream Restaurant. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so Very much. delicious menu. I, did, I do want to eat that now. Yeah, really delicious. And uh, everyone, make sure you watch Series 2 of Code 404, a Sky Original, all episodes available from the 1st of September, which is, means that it's already out. Yes. On Sky Comedy and on Now. It's available now. On now. Yeah, very clever that they called it that, actually. Mm, it's worked out quite well for them, actually. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say, James? She didn't pick in English, I suppose. Yeah, thank you for not picking in English, Mira. Yeah. Um, it would have been a shock if she had, though. Imagine she'd just, like, for a laugh, gone my main course is a nod to one of my most famous sketches that I did with Goodness Gracious yeah. Me. And we'd be like, oh, OK. Mm. I could, mean, I have, could I have the blandest thing on the menu, please? Yes. We'd be like, that's a lovely callback, Mira but you do know how to leave. Thank you very much for listening to Off Menu. We will be back next week with another hot steaming podcast. Wash your plates. Bye. My name's Rob Orton and I do the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. The Rob Orton Daily Podcast is a daily podcast that is quite short. Some are two minutes long, some are ten minutes long and they are stories and poems and basically all the thoughts I've ever had that I like enough to want to share with people. And the Rob Orton Podcast is available on Apple, Acast, Spotify, all the other places where you normally get your podcasts. And on social media, it is at Rob Orton Podcast. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and you just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour miracle grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.